Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So J.D. Vance has announced his run for Senate um, in Ohio. Now, J.D. Vance is the guy who wrote Hillbilly Elegy. And now he's running for office um, and he's had a really rough go of it in the first couple days. So during his announcement speech, the the placard, the sign in front of the podium that says your name and why you're running fell down mid-speech. Did you see this, Carly? Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad for his staff. Because <laughs> J.D. Vance did not put that sign there himself. So some no, poor schmuck who's working not for J.D. Vance fault. is like, this was my one job. <laughs> and when you're the speaker and the sign falls, you can't, it's not like in your... It's not like in your radar, really. It's either behind you or in this case, in front of you, in front of the podium. So you can't really tell. People are laughing. You can't tell. It's so awkward. Don't, uncomfortable. But when we were running, <laughs> Frawley, Andrew Frawley, who was our uh, digital director, he ended up being our merch merch director. Um, in the early days, we were hanging up a Yang 2020 banner behind Andrew. And he had used like an excessive amount of tape and like string to like get it up there. I'm like, Frawley, like, you really got that sign locked down. And he's like, dude, number one rule. If you've got a sign, it cannot fall down. Today's episode of Yang Speaks, Carly Riley is joining the chat with me, your co-host, Zach Rauman. It's kind of a lighthearted episode today. We're talking about our takes on J.D. Vance, on Bill Cosby and Shikari Richardson. And we also have a debate that I want you guys to embrace on whether or not it is worth your time to make your freaking bed. People have hot takes on this. I have hot takes on this. Carly and I get into it right now on Yang Speaks. Welcome, everyone, to Thursday's episode of Yang Speaks, back by popular demand. We have Carly Riley, folks. She's a fan favorite. Y'all love her. So we brought her back in to talk about some of our uh, favorite topics. I'm pretty sure we didn't bring you on to let you talk in the third person. I'm (laughs) confident that was not part of the discussion. But everything else is true. This is my Zachary. All right, folks, back by popular demand, (laughs) Carly Riley. Talk about the topics of the week, what's going on. We got some good stuff for y'all. Hope you had a fat, happy 4th of July. Got to spend some time with your families. Are you still impersonating me? Yes. Okay. We have stuff to talk about. We got big, big news um, in the news this week, and I figured we'd dive in. So let's start. First things first, Bill Cosby is a free man. And I feel like the world has thought. Do you have thoughts? I have plenty of thoughts. And I have plenty, I have predictions, which I want to talk about. But maybe Carly, summarize. Let's give a summary for those of us who uh who tune in and don't listen to the news every day and why Bill Cosby's free. 
Yeah, uh, it's basically a legal technicality. So as far as I understand it, um, back when the various trials, you know, Bill's various trials were going on, there was a civil case and a criminal case against him. And the prosecutor on the civil case basically made a deal with Cosby and said, if you comply with things or- or Admit to guilt. If you admit to guilt, okay, that's what it was. If you admit to guilt in this civil case- you will not be tried criminally. Cosby agreed. And then lo and behold, he was tried criminally, found guilty, and went to jail. And now, X number of years later, they've reviewed all of that. The courts have reviewed all of that and said, okay, that was unjust because this agreement was made with this prosecutor. It was actually not legal that we try you criminally. So you are now free. So there, nobody is saying here he is not guilty. <laughs> nobody is saying he did not do what he was f- convicted of. It is truly a case of our criminal system and our, our court system uh, sort of not working in this particular instance or working as it's intended to, but not working for the public good. Oof. Um, so 50 women plus, I believe, have accused Bill Cosby of um, drugging and or raping them. They've come out and accused him of foul play uh, of various forms, some very, very serious and some um, just kind of dark and disgusting. And the harsh reality is... Um, the fact of the matter is he has not been convicted of a crime. Um, that's where we stand right now. Here's my prediction. Um, so a couple of things, but it's like the plead guilty or plead guilty to this. And we won't try you criminally for the civil case. As much as that sounds like shady backroom deals, that happens often. Um, so, pro- so victims get something. I don't necessarily mind that rule per se it's just what's in this weird case, in this case terrible. is it wasn't written down like i'm i'm not clear in that yeah it was a verbal agreement it right? was like a verbal agreement that they have now honored which seems a little sus to me not i don't actually think there's something suspicious going on here i don't think there's some like illuminati pulling strings for bill cosby behind the scenes but it is frustrating to me that this was a non-written agreement that now has to be upheld and uh i, I that now but the bill prosecutor who's trying to put him in jail verbally you know made no, a he wasn't trying to put him in jail it was a civil case he wasn't trying to put him in jail the, put, civil, put him the, to the prosecutor him, was trying was. to get him money out of him for these victims. right whatever it was against him anyway but i get yeah. what you're saying um my prediction is and i think bill cosby said something this is that um he's going to make a comeback and he will have um mm. i do think there will be a sadly, I believe he'll profit off this I, I agree he'll profit like the dude's out of jail he'll do something and make some amount of money you were saying that you thought he was going to, you know, just rake it in. He's doing is is he doing another comedy special? I don't know. He hasn't said anything. I believe uh, he's technically you, you, he was you legally think, blind. Your for prediction bit. had been oh, he's going to do another comedy special and like Louis C.K. I think he will, yes. Yeah. And a documentary. I don't know. I think that documentary seems more likely to me. I don't think you're going to have a lot of people paying for a Bill Cosby comedy special at this point. Like he's not Louis C.K. Like you were like, "Oh, well, Louis C.K. made a bunch of money off of his comedy special." Louis C.K. was like masturbating in front of women who some of whom said like they were okay with it at the time like it's not the same as drugging and raping women. that's like a whole the, different level two levels of, of terrible here 100 um, percent. but i think if bill cosby put on billcosby.com a comedy special i bet you a lot of people would pay for it um a lot of people would pay for it just to it would be just to see what he says yeah um because we haven't heard a lot from him specifically Oof. um and that's kind of the world we live in. Well, and that's that's an important part of the prediction is this is not like Netflix is suddenly going to like 
paid Bill Cosby several millions to do a Netflix comedy special or HBO. Like these institutions aren't going to touch this dude, I would imagine. Um, I would be shocked if they did. But he can can do it on his own site. And what's his like social media following? That's a question because he has to publicize this somehow. I don't know. Um, I'm sure the press will pick it up. Anyway, that's what's happening in the Bill Cosby world. The other thing um, I wanted to get your take on, um, because it ties into, I think, our sweet spot, which is a tie between a a pop culture, um, politics, and the left and the right working together. So J.D. Vance has announced his run for Senate um, in Ohio. Now, J.D. Vance is the guy who wrote Hillbilly Elegy. so if you may not heard of J.D. Vance, you may not heard of Hillbilly Elegy, but you may have heard of the documentary that came out, um, which I believe was critically acclaimed. And you've probably heard about this guy who came out of Trump's America and made it into our elite institutions and then wrote a book to tell the tale. Well, to that's be fair, it was Vance. Trump's America before Trump was a thing. I mean, he sure, grew up in but, Appalachia. You know, but that's what the spin was uh, when it really became popular. Because it became popular in what, 2000? Well, yeah. And I think 70? it was sort of this a lot of liberal, like, you know, the kind of elites were like, oh, now we understand. Yes. <laughs> They're like, okay, this is how Trump won. Like, you know, yes. it gave, it gave like elite liberal America this like sense of, oh, okay. So JD Vance is running for Rob Portman seats. Rob Portman in Ohio senators are tiring. Um, this is a seat that our friend Tim Ryan is running for in the Democratic primary. And our buddy Eric Sanchez has worked for him, too. Portman's a Republican. So the re- the senator who's retiring is a Republican. So the question is, can the Democrats flip that seat? Could Tim Ryan, in theory, flip it? So can, it's really what we're talking about. Is J.D. Vance going to come win the Republican primary? And then is Tim Ryan going to – can Tim Ryan beat him? So J.D. Vance, to me, I remember him speaking at um, events I would go to when I was in the my Wall Street days. And to Carly's point, it was like he was coming out of this conservative bubble, um, in his own words, hillbilly world um, in, some, in some sense, and talking about what it's like to grow up that way. And then he was essentially catering to the elites and the, the frankly, more liberal elite establishment um, – they loved him. They loved him. They were like, thank you for speaking. They gave him a movie deal. They would invite him to all these events. I'm sure he got a bunch of money speaking to her. So he's been doing this thing, right? The movie was apparently really bad, by the way. It was panned. I did not see it. it I, I actually watched, I think I watched the beginning and I was like, I don't like this. So he's been doing this. I'm the lefties right winger, if, if you will. Um, and then now he's been... Um, he said some things critical of presidential President Trump in that world. Um, and now he's running for office um, and he's had a really rough go of it in the first couple of days. So during his announcement speech, the the placard, the sign in front of the podium that says your name and why you're running fell down mid speech. Did you see this, Carly? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, quick story. When I we felt were bad for, for his staff. <laughs> so bad for the staff. So I want to say this: when we were running JD Vance did not put that sign there himself. So some no, poor schmuck who's working not for JD Vance fault. is like, "This was my one job." <laughs> and when you're the speaker and the sign falls, you can't. It's not like in your. It's not like in your radar, really. It's either behind you or, in this case, in front of you, in front of the podium. So you can't really tell. People are laughing. You can't tell. It's so awkward. Don't, uncomfortable. But. When we were running, <laughs> Frawley, Andrew Frawley, who was our uh, digital director, he ended up being our merch merch director, um, kind of created the math ads and such, really smart guy. He was like, <laughs> he was like, in the early days, we were hanging up a Yang 2020 banner behind Andrew, and he had used like an excessive amount of tape and like string to like get it up there. I'm like, Frawley, like, 
really got that sign locked down. And he's like, dude, number one rule. If you've got a sign, it cannot fall down. <laughs> and he told me a story where he did this conference and like no one showed up and it was so sad. And then to top it off, like at this like eight person event, supposed to be like a hundred person event, like super pathetic event. He told me in the middle of someone's speech, like the sign fell down and it just like epitomized a lame. <laughs> yeah, like bad conferences in some like yes, hotel. It's with like cheap, out of a com- crappy com- coffee. A com- yeah, out of a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this happened on the poor guy's launch speech, which is horrible. Yeah, he's gotten some bad press then additionally because He's walking back the critical tweets he'd made of President Trump. Now, these tweets were in like 2016, and it was like, oh, Trump is reprehensible for his comments on immigrants and, you know, Muslims and, you know, people from Mexico and whatever. And um, that's it. Like, these weren't even – it wasn't like he aggressively trolled Trump for – the last eight, you know, for four years or whatever. This was in the the early days of Trump running that he had some of these tweets. And now he's like backtracking on them, clearly in a bid to court, not just Trump voters, but Trump's endorsement. He flew out to Mar-a-Lago to try and get Trump's endorsement. So he's really trying to run in this Trump lane. And of course, the the press, Politico and stuff is like, this is pathetic. It's a Trump-friendly lane, right? And one of the things with these Republican primaries is that if a bunch of people are running, which in a lot of states and a contested and their seats are open, there's going to be a bunch of people running. Trump will be the kingmaker because mm. no one's going to know who's who. They're all going to be unnamed. Trump's going to say, I endorse so-and-so and I'll do a rally for so-and-so. And that will tip the scale. And that's yeah. what is frustrating to me is, and we're always going to have this like outsiders, insiders perspective on politics. Like we worked in politics for a bit. We still don't know what the hell is going on. We're not political <laughs> We're creatures. pretty like, dismayed by the entire system, yeah. frankly. But we have <laughs> as a, we dismayed know as outsiders know, are. <laughs> yes. But we know enough to know what the hell is happening. Um, and what's frustrating to me is like if you're J.D. Vance, you're entering this race, you have to know that Trump's going to be the kingmaker in your race. You have to know that. So either you start doing this stuff beforehand or you don't enter the race because your lane is lefty righties. Your lane is the elites like you. You're going to get the moderate so. Dems. The, the elites have not liked J.D. Vance for a while, to be honest. And, really? And, because he made yeah, some comments on Twitter? I, I think just in general. He he very quickly fell out of favor. He's a true Republican. Like, I think in the early days when his book first came out and it was like, oh, he's helping to explain Trump. He's one and of like, us. Yeah. He's a Republican, sort of. Like, there were, it, it, I don't he's think there was ever. He's totally thing, one of us. Sure. But like, he went to Yale Law. Like, it was that kind of, we approve of this guy. We sanction this guy. He's kind of explaining to us, like, you know, poor white America. But like, for a while now, he's clearly been a conservative. He's been on Fox News. Like, Democrats have not. And and honestly, like, people hated that movie, which not that that should reflect poorly on him, but it was sort of like nothing happened. Oh, poor <laughs> little white guy. Okay. Like, you didn't know what fork to use. There's way more, you know, trauma in the world that people face, you know, trying to rise okay. from where they came from to Yale Law. So I don't think he I, – I, I, and I don't think – I think he does know that Trump is his lane, clearly. He's doing everything he can to court that lane. He's apologizing for the fact that he said Trump's thing was reprehensible. And he made those tweets in 2016, clearly before he knew he was going to run for Ohio Senate. So I, I I, I think he's doing everything, quote unquote, right for what he's trying to do. And it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. Um... And and if he's able to win Trump's endorsement or if somebody else snags it or, or how that that all goes. And uh, all I can say is go Tim Ryan. I will. I agree. Well, we'll say like, look, local politics, very different than national politics and state politics, very different than city politics. Like it's one thing where you believe any press is good press. And I've always been a fan of that, except on a local level, it gets different where it's um, 
if that press is cutting in a wrong direction that people in local level or state level hate, who knows? So not if um, you're a Republican, though, right? Like Republican voters. Repu- but if you're if you're Republican in a primary and you're all the press coming at you is about how you're apologizing, you're not like Trumpian enough. May- uh, debate. No, Depends. there the, the press is not that he's not Trumpian enough, though, per se. I mean, I guess you're saying that's the implication. Like but po- my point is that Politico coming after J.D. Vance because he's apologized for criticizing Donald Trump is not hurting the Republican him in the Republican primary. Republican primary voters don't care about what Politico and the New York Times are saying. Here is my J.D. Vance Hillbilly Elegy insight, if I may give it, was I read Hillbilly Elegy 2017, probably around when it came out. And I read it this like around the same time as I read Who Thought This Was a Good Idea, which is Alyssa Mastromonaco's first book. She was She's Obama's comp deputy. No, she was Advanced a deputy, director? et cetera, et cetera. She was, okay. yeah, she was the scheduling and advance director on Obama's okay. presidential. Okay. And it was so interesting because JD Vance talked about working at a general store or a grocery store-esque, you know, whatever institution <laughs> in his small town in Appalachia, and how he would see these folks coming in on their cell phones and, you know, with all this technology that he and his family couldn't afford. And then they would go up to the register and they would buy their groceries and their beer and whatever with food stamps. And it made him feel very critically towards the welfare system because he felt like all these people who he knew were intentionally not seeking work, who were, you know, using food stamps for all sorts of things they weren't supposed to be in all sorts of nefarious ways, et cetera, were had all these things that he and his family couldn't afford because they were living honestly, right? And so he left that experience being like more conservative. I don't like our welfare system. Alyssa Mastromonaco worked at a grocery store when she was younger. She wrote about this and who thought this was a good idea. And she had people come through using food stamps and she had the exact opposite reaction, which she had so much empathy. She saw how embarrassed people were and how much it it, it made them feel small and, and less than and, and et cetera, et cetera, and how much they struggled to scrape together what they could from food stamps to feed their kids. And so it made her more liberal. And I think that's just such an interesting, you know, study in like how you can have these two experiences that are many ways identical and come away with these two very different takeaways, both of which are frankly legitimate. Both of those are, are legitimate takeaways. Now, I obviously lean liberal and I, I end up where Alyssa Mastromonaco does, but um, I don't think J.D. Vance's perspective on that was illegitimate. That's Jonathan Haidt saying a lot of us are wired to lean one way or the other, um, which is a good point. Like it's not about which way you naturally go. It's about trying to understand both yourself and others. This podcast is sponsored by Helix Sleep. I've always been a mattress guy because I figured if I'm going to do something for up to eight hours, maybe I should do it right. And Helix Sleep lets you do it right by sending you one of 20 unique mattresses that's tailored for you. I took the Helix Sleep quiz, takes only a couple minutes, and I was matched with a Helix Dawn mattress because I wanted something that felt firm and I sleep on my back. That mattress is exactly what I needed, but strangely enough, my kids now seek out that mattress in the house and want to sleep on it even though I did not order it with them in mind. If you have a high quality mattress, it is a game changer, a huge difference maker. Don't take my word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. 
Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash yang. That's helixsleep.com slash yang. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. I think a lot of people have very strong thoughts on this and we don't talk about it enough. I want to talk about the concept of making one's bed. Oh Um, my God. This is where we're going with this. Okay. This is where we're going with this. I'm changing tunes. You know what? Fine. Because we talk about a lot of things. We talk about politics. We talk about news. We talk about pop culture and we talk about life. And this is one that's important. (laughs) This is so pathetic. Some people make their bed and others don't. And actually, we should look this up. Okay. Most people do not do it. Thirty-seven um, percent of people say they make their bed, and then there's a some twenty no, no. percent, sometimes fourteen percent. You're already you're rarely. already doing you're already doing too black and white because it's not just do you make your bed or do you not. It's do you make do you make your bed every single day? Yeah. Do you make your bed a lot of the time, but not every day, or do you not make your bed? Like those okay. are sort of your categories. So. I am on the side of things where I'm on the side where I believe you should always make your bed because here's why. If you're going to accomplish anything, you have to accomplish one thing first and making your bed is the first thing you accomplish. And then you can start accomplishing other things. And the other thing, if you have a rough day, you can come home and you got a nice, lovely made bed to be in. And there are certain people, particularly Carly Riley, who think this is illogical. I'm not like anti making the bed. Here's where the illogicalness comes in, right? I do not like accomplish less in my day because my bed was not made. So that's where I say there's no actual logical reason to have to make your bed. This is an emotional response thing that for some people works very well. So apparently for Zachary, like he's just emotionally on a better page if he knows the bed is made. That's where I come down. So I would love to know what other people think on this. Do you make the bed every single day? Oh, and within the first 30 minutes, because if you make it like in the afternoon, for example, that's unacceptable. We wake up, get it out of the way. You make it a must. It's like brushing your teeth. It's like putting on deodorant. It's just like a part no. of your okay, good. things Perfect. you there have are to do. Logical, there are high, much more logical reasons to brush your teeth and, and put on deodorant. This is exactly where you and I start to disagree, right? So brushing your teeth is hygienic reasons. You need to take care of your teeth or they will fall out and you won't be able to eat food and you'll die at 40, right? Like, th- like there are actual reasons you need to brush your teeth that are very logical and about your own health. So sound off, team. Um Come at us. Do you, are you a bed maker? Or are you every not? day, or just we'll most do a, we'll days? We'll do a always, sometimes, rarely, never. Yes, um, always, sometimes, rarely, never. Where are you on the bed making spectrum? Where are you on the bed making? And I would like your comments. If you do support the making bed all the time, please let me know. Give me that solidarity. Okay, making the bed crew. People are going to be like, it's logical to make your bed because yep, like human. It's awesome. No, because like human reactions are such that like oh yeah, give me are the involuntary that they feel good. Not for me, though. I don't know. I'm an anomaly. I'll talk about Shikari Richardson. Um, She is our best female runner in the Olympics, um, upcoming Olympics. And she was disqualified from the Olympics because she tested positive for THC or marijuana. Um, And it's been really interesting to me to watch this because people have come down very strongly on one side. It's like what I want to do with like having things and having topics on the show is when people are like freaking out about something, like have a rational conversation about it. People have come down very strongly on either side. Um, And I'm curious your thoughts, Carly, but it seems like this on one hand, um, this is my sense of the argument. On one hand, this is ridiculous. She said she was using, I think she took a brownie because she um, 
was grieving her grandmother. Um, or her am mother, I that or right? her stepmother. It was like a, was it was it that a mother serious? figure. Yeah. Okay. So she's grieving. So on one hand, like it's freaking marijuana. Like, uh, you it's know, ridiculous. We should, we this should, is like, disqualifying you from with, right? the games to begin uh, with. And then on the, and in addition, like it's, it's not actually a performance enhancing drug. If anything, it slows you down. Right. So, um, like this is ridiculous. So on one hand, fundamentally, this is a ridiculous rule. Agree with, and I think, I think most people can agree with that unless you're very anti marijuana. On the other hand, and I think that's where I lean is that, and it's what Joe Biden said is that, um, but it is a rule, like rules are rules. Um, and if you want to compete in the Olympics, you have to follow the rules they set, even if they're stupid and archaic. Um, they're not particularly, I don't know if you could argue if they're harming you or not, but they are the rules. You agreed to play by these rules in order to run in the race. Um, and people are very, very strong. And it's um, some of the comments been racially fueled, um, which I understand. Um, I don't, I'd love your thoughts, Carly. And then I guess I'll dive into my more of my opinion. Um, thoughts on, the rule here and, and thoughts on um, Shikari's situation? I think on the micro level, I don't think there's there's racism at play here in that this rule would obviously have been, or I believe, very equally administered if it had been a white player who had done this. I think he or she would be facing the same punishment. You and I have talked about, there's been examples in football and other sports where you've had white players punished for smoking marijuana. On the macro level, there's a, a very real question to be had around how much we've criminalized marijuana in this country and in the world at large um, as a way to specifically be able to incarcerate Black people, you know, like on, on some level. And so there is this broader criminalizing marijuana thing that feels like it is racist and, and obviously has been used in very racist ways. AOC um, called it racist and colonial. Yeah, I, you know, I, that... Again, I, I think there's a macro argument to be made there. I think in this specific instance, I'm I'm with you. Like these are the rules. I have a ton of empathy for her though, being like, look, I'm human and I did this. And I'm 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 surprised too. I mean, presumably she was very aware of the rules and knew she was going to be tested. So it, it just goes to show how much pain she must have been in. And and I really empathize with that. I also will say, like, so in this this particular case, I don't think like, you know, on there's a there's a micro level racism here. Uh, relatedly, though, there's this whole – there's another controversy around um, the Olympics banning certain swim caps that better fit black black women in particular or black, black people in general, but because of their hair. And you had the Olympic Committee saying like, oh, these swim caps aren't the natural shape of a human head. Seriously? And therefore they're banned. Yeah, and oh that's God. clearly racist and insane. And I don't know where we'll end up on that. I mean, I just say – Clearly, we need to allow these swim caps to be used. Um, but I think those are two examples where I come down sort of on different different sides of them, where I think the the weed rule, again, macro level, there's there's probably some racism there in our world for sure. Micro level in this particular instance, I don't think there's racism specifically against Shikari. Swim cap rule, crazy, totally needs to change. And let's just let these well, I women think the use Olympic whatever Committee swim caps they want. demonstrated that they're bit behind the times, a bit archaic, yeah. a bit more And I'm sure it's like a bunch um, of white people. Like, I, you know, I doubt there's a lot of diversity on the Olympic Committee. So if that's where ASC is going, I, I understand. I do think, like, if you're an Olympic athlete, you know the rules. Um, and so, like, I, I'm, I was a Josh Gordon fan who was a receiver um, who eventually got suspended and then banned from the NFL or for a number of – I think I guess it's multi-year suspensions close to banning um, for, frankly, just smoking too much weed. Um, and he would do games like drunk and high and still perform at a crazy elite level. Um, uh, but 
they banned him because those are the rules. And I don't like agree. Like I think players should be able to smoke marijuana. Like, come on. Um, but that is the rule. Um, so if you, I think everybody should be up in arms about the rule. But they shouldn't be up in their arms about this decision about the rule being applied fairly in this case. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. Now I don't know, and this is what I would say. I don't know enough instances. Um, about the racial component of this, have they let white a- white athletes sneak through the cracks on these or get more exceptions? I don't actually know. Um, given that they're old school conservative, um, actually, I, I don't know. I don't know. My, my gut would say that like my uh, that they're probably just generally extremely strict. Um, but um, I don't know. I do feel for that. That sucks. Um, this rule is horrific, horrific. And frankly, as an American, like, damn it, I wanted her to go with her awesome hair and nails and kick everybody's freaking ass. Like, that would have been the real American thing. It was like, yeah, we sent we sent Shikari over there and ran circles around you. Like, hell yeah. And she can do it, like, looking amazing. Um, so that was heartbreaking because I, I like to see when we win. That's like when I, I've always loved that. So um, frustrating. Um, I know people have takes. You can comment on us as well. Last thing, Carl, before we rock and roll. Give me the free Britney update because there is news. Ooh. There is news in the pop culture world and you're my only source. I refuse to read yeah. this. I refuse to give it more clicks. <laughs> well, and, you know, we're, we're we're trying to straddle this line of not going too pop culture deep because I think I'm the only one who really wants to know like who Harry Styles is dating. Uh, it's like me uh, and the know, Buffalo Bills. Just got to give him a taste. Yeah, yeah. Well, well and also the, the Britney movement, I think, also crosses into the that's legal Chris world. Like there's a lot that's interesting here. So there, there's basically kind of two, there's two updates, I would say, broadly, umbrella kind of updates. There's um, what's happening with the conservatorship and and the team in place around the conservatorship. There's been some big moves there. And then there's sort of personal news. So this past week, Ronan Farrow, who quite famously like busted open a lot of the the Harvey Weinstein stuff, Ronan and a co-author at The New Yorker did a whole piece about the Free Britney situation. And they exposed a number of new details. For instance, they, they... talked to a very close family friend of the Spears's who has been present apparently throughout this entire process, who says that very early on um, after the conservatorship was put into place, she witnessed Britney's father like screaming at Britney, calling her a fat whore, like being very verbally abusive towards her. Um, and that she had previously been actually somewhat in favor of the conservatorship and then witnessed some of that, saw some other things and is now very opposed to the conservatorship. So they exposed some sort of family rifts and family details like that, which were honestly all very heartbreaking. Then there's big news on the conservator side. So the the judge in this case, in the current case, um, ruled against uh, moving Jamie Spears, Britney's father, out of the conservatorship. So Jamie is remaining a conservator. Um, now, that that's not about whether the conservatorship will end or not. That's, the, that will be a separate, but it's more like who is the conservator. However... Um, the judge did put a second conservator in place to manage her finances with Jamie. And that's this Bessemer Trust, this professional trust group that that does this often for different clients. What's fascinating is that the day after, essentially, Bessemer Trust was put in place as the co-conservator with Jamie Spears, they asked to be removed. And as details have emerged, it sounds like when they were initially approached to be the co-conservator, of this estate. They were approached by a man named Sam Ingram, I believe, who's Britney Spears' attorney. And Sam had told them that this conservatorship was voluntary and that Britney was fine with it. And that that's why Bessemer Trust had agreed to sign on and be this co-conservator. And that after they heard Britney's own testimony in court, 
they it was made clear to them that this was very much not voluntary, that Britney very much wanted out of it. And so now Bessemer Trust wants out of being a co-conservator. So they were misled, and this is what's very interesting, by Britney's own attorney, which feeds this whole broader narrative right now that that Sam, Britney's attorney, is actually much closer to Jamie Spears, and despite being Britney's attorney, is actually working for her conservator more than he's working for her. So the drama just continues. The bottom line is Jamie Spears will remain conservator for the time being, but other conservators are trying to drop out. Britney's talent manager just quit um, and said he doesn't believe Britney's going to return to performing basically anytime soon, and so he does, she doesn't need him, um, and that she's probably in, in a permanent retirement. So bad news for the Britney fans. We will continue well, to track. To bring this podcast, to bring this podcast full circle, Bill Cosby is free and uh, Britney Spears is still trapped and a prisoner, if you will. Um, anyway, Carly, always a pleasure. Fun episode. Um, you guys enjoy your 4th of July semi-vacation. I don't week know what after? we call this. Week <laughs> after. Um, enjoy the time. Get outside. And uh, last thing on the way out, shout out to Joey Chestnut. 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Absolutely ridiculous. Guys, whether you like it or not, he's an American hero. He wins it every year. He eats our food faster than anybody else. He's an American well, he hero. He is actually very, that is very American to just like overeat hot dogs. <laughs> that man is an American hero. Love you guys. Have a good week. Have a good week.